Psalm 23, a little bit of review. Surely goodness and mercy or love will follow me all the days of my life. Not just the good days, right? All the days of my life. And I will dwell. That's all the days of the life here. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not for a few weeks or a few months, or, but forever. And where's, where's the house of the Lord? not Calvary Chapel Green Meadow Building. This is nice. We like it. But I could not live here forever. Could you? I mean, who's going to keep it up when you get old like me? Right? I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to live there forever. I'm going to be with him forever. That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. I've been reading and studying in, in Philippians chapter 1. Read it for yourself and study it. Paul says, you know, he desire, I desired to, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He wanted to go home. He said, but it's more, more necessary, more needful for you that I stay here. So it wasn't a, a decision that he was making. He says, but if I had a choice, which one is better? It's heaven. Be with Christ. He also said to live as Christ and to die as gain. So it's not like heaven is better than how bad it is here. It's heaven is better than how good it is with Jesus here. He says to live as Christ, to die is gain. He doesn't say to live as, uh, you know, it's so rotten and horrible and terrible. He says to live as Christ, to die is gain. So you see what I'm saying? There's a, a slight uh, uh, difference in, in the way we think about that. So that sermon was free. God is good, though, isn't he? And his love endures forever. We're going to live with him forever. He's good to us. He's merciful. Every day he's merciful. And then we get to go home to heaven. We, we sang it. I'm going to follow you, Lord, all the way home to heaven. Last uh, time we were in the book of John, Patrick did a study for you. If you remember that, he's, he talked about Jesus said that he said that he was the good shepherd. And the good shepherd what? He lays down his life. For the sheep, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was so good that he gave his very life for us. He's willingly laid down his life for us. We're going to have communion today. We're going to remember that. We're going to think about that. We're going to rejoice in that. Now, John chapter 10, I want you to turn, uh, look at a couple of verses before we move on that kind of build the foundation for where I'm going today. John chapter 10, verse 11, we just read it on the screen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then jump down to verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. What, what stood out to me and what I want to talk about today is where Jesus says my sheep. And he talks about it in the verses we're going to look at today. My sheep. Any of you have any sheep? You have a sheep? You had two? Wow. Larry, you just went up in my book. Anybody have any pets? Some of you? You know... Uh, if you have, let's say, you have a cat, 
you say, my cat, right? My cat. You know, um, I have the extreme privilege this week, and, I, and I'm not saying that in a joking way, extreme privilege to go to Carol's house this week. We all know Carol had a very difficult week, and our condolences to both Carol and to Rich, uh, you know, uh, Carol's son, uh, James uh, passed away uh, this week, or we found out about it this week, I should say. Very difficult. Pray for them. We don't know how much time we have in this world. We don't. We don't know how much time we have in this planet. But I was, I was there, and uh, one of uh, uh, my grandkids got to go to, uh, and you know that Carol's house, you got to go there. <laughs> That's like a menagerie. I mean, there's stuff, I w and I've, I've been there before, you know, but, but there's new stuff. She's got like four fish tanks now. She didn't have any of that. She's got, so, so Carol would say, she, would she said, you guys got to come in, and I want to show you around. And then she would take us and say, look at, and these are my fish. These are my fish, right? These are, they're beautiful. They're all these different kinds, and you got to keep this one by itself, and these other can get together, and, and, you know. And then she had to show us her birds. My birds. Right? My birds. I don't know how many, there must have been 50 or something there. I mean. <laughs> If you count all the ones that were outside, I think there's probably 50, right? Because there was that some flo you know, flocking around outside where she feeds those too. But, but, but then she has dogs. And then she has chickens. And I'm afraid to think what she might have had in the room we didn't go into. <laughs> but, you know, what was obvious was that she's very attached to them. She cares about them very deeply. She is very personal. It's not like, oh, those are the fish over there. Those are the birds over there. No, those are my birds over there. And this one has got, you know, the, I'm sure they all have names. I don't know about the fish. Fish got names? One of them got some names. She's, she's trying to name the others slowly but surely. That's probably the mean one that had to be by itself, huh? Yeah, okay, I knew that. <laughs> Very personal, but she, she takes care of these things, right? She, she takes care of these, these different creatures, pets, my fish, my birds, my dogs, my chickens. Jesus said, my sheep. See, that's, that's kind of the way I, I think about the way he looks at us, the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He says, you know, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. There's that kind of relationship. That, that's the kind of relationship that he has, that he takes care of you and I like that. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have pets to understand this. I don't have any pets at the moment. I did have a bird. His name was Fred. And then I had to move. We had to move, and, and we couldn't take Fred. And guess where Fred went? Anybody know? Carol's house. 
And he lived over, he was with me for like 20 years or something, a long time, and then he was with you for another 10 years. This, this bird lived forever. He's a, do a dove. We saw in Psalm 23, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, right? And now we see in John 10, Jesus says, these are my sheep. They're my sheep. It kind of goes both ways, ways, doesn't it? It's a back and forth kind of thing. You see that uh, throughout the Bible, it, it, you know, in different places, in Psalm 23, obviously, but Ezekiel chapter 34, the Lord God talks about his sheep. He says, you know, the people, you people are my sheep. He, he says, I'm going to search for my sheep. I'm going to look after them. I, I, I'm going to rescue my sheep from wherever they are. I'm going to tend them, he says. He says in Ezekiel 34, you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture are people, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. So my question at this point in time is, are you one of his? Are you one of his sheep? Are you one of his sheep? I think that's something that you will know, and I'm going to talk about how you know what, what it is. But, but let's, let's pick it up where we left off. And we're going to start in verse 19. Some of the responses of, of what Jesus said, like I quoted there, I'm the good shepherd, I lay down my life, I know my sheep. Some of the things he was saying about knowing the Father, and that really got these people upset. But some of the responses created division. Look at verse 19. It said, at these words, he was talking about laying down his life. He said, at these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? See, there's division in what Jesus said. And, and you, you kind of look at one side. One, they're saying you know, that he was, he was a demon-possessed. He's raving mad. I mean, even his own family thought that, right? Family thought that. They thought this guy, you know, they, they went to a place where he was at at one point in time and they tried to take, you know, take charge of him and take him off to, you know, some place to get him, you know, away from people. He said this. His, his family heard about this. They went to take charge of him for they said he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came... From Jerusalem, they said he's possessed by Beelzebub or by Satan, by the, by the devil. This reaction of Jesus. We see it in our world today, don't we? People, you know, they, they react strongly to Jesus. And, 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 and you know, we, we've seen it in our country, too, where people, you know, in, 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 in most cases, a very small minority say, you know, I don't like that cross up on that hill. Why? Don't look at it. Why does it bother you? Why does it bother people? Because it talks about who? Because it talks about Jesus. Not everybody's going to say, oh, Jesus, Jesus, yeah, wonderful. Christmas time, people, you know, the big problem, you know, we're going to say happy holidays. We're not going to say Merry Christmas because that has the name of Christ in it. Even though we're, you know, Christmas is really all about what are you going to get me? So let me ask you again, what are you going to get me? 
So this is what they said. Why, why listen to him? Why listen to Jesus? And, and think about that. We're going to come back to that. But let me ask you this. Do you think it's, do you think it's those are his sheep that are saying that? Why listen to him? You don't need to listen to him. He's, he's demon-possessed. He's insane. Certainly not his sheep saying that. Again, how do you know whether you're one of his sheep? So it created this division. And, and you know, Jesus said that he would create division. Don't think everybody is all going to jump on board on the, the Jesus wagon because they're not. Not that I didn't mean it was like a, a wagon that he's on. I'm talking about the faith and the following of Jesus Christ because they're not. Because Jesus creates division. David Guzik said that Jesus is the dividing line of humanity. He is the division. He's the dividing line himself. So where do you fall between accepting him and rejecting him? What side are you on? Where are you at? Warren Wiersbe said it's impossible to be neutral about Jesus Christ. For what we believe about him is a matter of life or death. You can't be neutral. You can't say, well, I really don't have an opinion. You do have an opinion. If you haven't received him, then you have rejected him. There's no middle ground. Like, I haven't this or that. I'm going to wait to see. I'm going to see what happens. You know, I'm going to live. I'm going to have fun for a while. Then I'm going to, you know, all the... You know, things people say. Let's pick it up, verse 22. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. And the Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ or the Messiah, which is what Christ means, Tell us plainly, if you really are the Messiah, tell us. They gathered around him. It, it kind of made me think about when Jesus was just a boy and he was in the temple area and they, they all gathered around him asking him questions. He was answering them. But there's more of a hostility here. Listen, don't keep us in suspense. How long are you, are going, are you going to do this? It's wintertime and... If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Verse 25, what does he say? Jesus answered, I did tell you. But you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name, they speak for me. He said, I did tell you, but you don't believe. His whole life, you know, there's so many statements that he made. You just have to look back in the Gospel of John, all the things that he's been saying all along. Listen, he said it directly to the woman at the well. He said it in all kinds of other different ways about his, who he was in his, in his very being, that he was God, that he came to save us, that he came for us, which is what Messiah would come to do. His miracles, what about all the miracles that he did? No one could do the things that he did. No one ever could do what he did. Not, not before his time, not after his time. Jesus said in John 14, which we'll get to uh, sometime, 
He said, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. At least, at least believe because of what I have done. And that's what Jesus, you know, you have to look at what he said. You have to look at what he did. You have to look at really at his whole life. Who is this guy? Don't just, you know, go by what, you know, what you heard about. Study it for yourself. Find out for yourself. That who is this? If I'm going to follow somebody, I want to know who it is that I'm following. If I'm going to give my life for this person, which is what he goes on to say here, I, I, I want to know who it is I'm giving my life for and to. But verse 26 is kind of interesting. He said, I did tell you, but you do not what? Believe in verse 25. Verse 26 is, says, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. You do not believe because you are not my sheep. Wow. What is he trying to say there? What does he want to say to us? He said back in chapter 8, he says, he who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. There's something going on here, isn't there? John chapter 6, he said, All the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. There's something about who you are. Are you one of his sheep? That's the question here. He says, he says If you are one of my sheep, you will believe. So what comes first? This is the question that, that you go to Bible school, right? And you fight about this stuff. You have the discussions long into the night. You know, we're going to answer this. We're going to solve this puzzle. We're going to solve this. What came first, the believing or being a, one of his? Belonging. You belong and then you believe. Or you believe and then you belong. You're going to find scriptures on both sides of this, I have to say to you right now. There's something that we do, and there's something that God does. I had a friend call me just yesterday, and, and, and he, you know, he was talking about a church. He wanted to visit a church, and he said somebody had said, well, they you know, are, are kind of all, they believe in predestination. Should I go there? This is one of my boyhood friends, one of my closest friends from elementary school. And I said, well, you know, the Bible does talk about predestination. So just because somebody believes in that doesn't mean you don't, you, you, you write them off. I said, what the problem is with, when, when somebody just goes to one extreme of one side or the other. And that's where we get in trouble. But they're both true. Pastor Chuck used to talk about predestination and the responsibility of, of our responsibility. They're like, they're like the tracks of a railroad. Well, you know, there's two tracks right here, but far off in the distance, they seem to like join together when you look far enough ahead. The problem is, is that we can't really understand how these two fit together. That's the problem. If you have got it figured out, good for you. Congratulations. But what I find, what I have found in, in just, you know, being a Christian for a long time is that when somebody says they've got it all figured out, there's usually there's a sense of, of, of arrogance and there's a sense of pride that, 
that I don't see in the scripture. Because really, if, it, 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 if, it's, if you're on one side or the other, it doesn't matter. There should be a, a total humbling of ourselves before the Almighty God. Like, God, I don't, I don't understand all this, but, but you are the God of creation. And if you love me enough to give your life for me and make me one of your sheep, I don't understand it. I don't get it all. Warren Wiersbe, I'm a, I got a quote here from him. He says this, from the human standpoint, we become his sheep by believing. So that's from our standpoint, right? But from the divine standpoint, we believe because we are his sheep. Warren Wiersbe, I, I really respect this guy. He was very balanced. He just passed away a few years ago. Very balanced, very smart, very understanding, very uh, uh, excellent teacher of the scripture. He says this, there's a mystery here that we cannot fathom or explain, but we can accept it and rejoice. God has his sheep and he knows who they are. They will hear his voice and respond. And when a person hears God's word about Jesus, he trusts the Savior. And he becomes a member of God's family and a sheep in the flock. Notice that he he hears the voice and he responds. He trusts in Jesus. It says, then he learns that he was chosen before the foundation of the world. You try to understand that. How does that work together? How does that fit? But they're both true. John 3.16 says, you know, whoever would believe in him, God so loved, you know the scripture, God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish. God so he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish. The, you know, the, the, the call is given for you and I to trust Jesus Christ, to believe in him. But then we read in Ephesians, it says that we were, from the foundation of the world, we were his. That's before you ever received him, don't you think? A little bit before? He says this in the Bible, divine election and human responsibility are perfectly balanced. Perfectly balanced. I'm not going to talk about that anymore, but it's deep. If you want to spend some time, I'm not going to stay up late talking to you about it because I go to bed early. I'm tired. <laughs> and I've, I've been there and done all that. And, and you know what? The truth is, I don't have to try to figure out what God does and why he does it and how he does it. I need to figure out what I need to do. And he tells me that I need to receive him and, and, and ask him into my life and heart. He tells me I need to follow him. And that's what I'm going to pay attention to what I need to do. Let him, you know, wh- I got enough problems worrying about myself, much less worrying about what God needs to do or should do or can do or did or whatever. Does that make any sense? Some of you are thinking, well, he's just you know, taking an easy way out. No, I'm taking the only way out that I understand. Verse 27, how do you know if you're one of his sheep? Let's go back to that question after that big discussion here. How do you know if you're one of his sheep He pretty much spells it out here in verse uh, 26 and verse 27. Verse 27 says this. My sheep, what? 
listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Uh, how do you know if you're one of his sheep? Verse 26, the first thing that he points out there in verse 26 is, is this. My sheep listen to my voice or hear my voice. I'm sorry, verse 26, he says, we'll get to that in a second. Verse 26 says that what? What would his sheep do? Believe. How do you know if you're one of his sheep? Well, you believe in Jesus Christ. That's how you know. Pastor Chuck used to say, you want to find out if you're one of his? Well, receive the Lord Jesus Christ, believe and trust in him, and you'll find out. And again, I, I respect Chuck Smith, and, 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 and he was a man of God's word. How do you know you're, if you're one of his sheep? You believe, you trust him, you have faith in Jesus Christ. You trust in him, you have faith in him. That he died for you, that he loves you. You believe in who he is. You believe in the cross, like the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I believe in that. I believe in that. I'm one of his. If you don't believe in that, well, you're not one of his, at least not right now. Right? That, it kind of makes sense. The second thing is what? He says, listen to his voice. We saw that, you know, the, those that were not his, his sheep, they were saying that earlier. We read it. Why listen to him? Those that are his sheep, they listen to his voice. I'm listening for Jesus' voice. I want to hear what he has to say. I need to hear his voice each and every day. I want to listen carefully. I want to stay in the word of God. I want to live in his word. I want to know what he says. That's important. Very important. In Deuteronomy, it says this, and this is Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, it says this in Deuteronomy. He said, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Again, he's saying choose life. God is saying this. You have a choice to make so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. The Lord is your life. Choose life. We have life and death set before us. We saw it earlier in the, in the chapter, verses, uh, look back in verses 3 through 5 there, speaking about his voice. He says, the watchman opens, John chapter 10, the watchman opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they what? They know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. How do you know if you're one of his sheep? You, you listen to his voice. 
Now, do you know it perfectly? No, of course not. We're not here, but one day we will when you stand before him in heaven. We're going to say, that's the voice. I recognize that voice. You've been speaking to me in my life. And I believe God does speak today. He speaks to you and I today. You know, the word of God, it says, is living and active. It's alive for us today. And God wants to speak to us today. Whatever your situation, whatever you're going through, Jesus can speak into your life. He can speak to you about your situation. Believe me, trust me. But don't just trust me. Go to him and ask him. Say, Lord, am I one of your sheep? I want to hear your voice. I want to listen. I'm I'm listening. What are you trying to say? What do you want to say to me? Not just generally for everybody. So how do you know if you're one of his sheep? You believe. You trust. You believe in him. You listen to his voice. What's the third thing he says there? He knows you. He says, I know them. He knows you. We read it in verse 14. He says, I know my sheep and what? My sheep know me. There's a a back and forth relationship. There's a, a knowing. He knows you. You're one of his sheep. He knows you're one of his sheep and he knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. You can't can't do anything that he doesn't know about. You can't think anything. You can't go anywhere. You can't can't do anything that he does not know about. He knows how you feel, how you think, what bothers you, what doesn't bother you. He knows all that. You can read about it in Psalm 139. A psalm of David. This is what David said, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out, my lying down, you are familiar with all my ways. Isn't that what Jesus is saying? I know them, I know, I know you. I know everything about you. He knows you as one of his. David went on to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. He was willing to just open his life for it. Even if he didn't, God knew, all, knew it all anyways, right? The final thing. Is what? What's the last thing? If you're one of his sheep, what do you do? You follow him. You follow him. You're a follower of Jesus. You follow him. How do you do that? You you do that by your life, right? It's not just words. It's it's how you live. You follow his word. You follow his life. There's no excuses. and, And we, you know, Jesus dealt with people and he said to them, follow me. And they said, well, First, I got to go and, you know, somebody died and I need to go do this. Or first, I got to go do that. I just got, you know, I just got a new car and I got to go try it out first. And then I'll follow you. 
because, you know, when I'm out there doing like, you know, 105 on the highway, you know, that's not really following you, so I'll follow you after I go and do my thing. Because my sheep follow me. Not just words. What did Jesus say, you know? Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, right? Jesus said, if anyone would come after me or follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me in the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? There's stuff we need to just lay down. If we're, we're going to, you know, the truth of the matter is if we're going to follow Jesus, let's follow Jesus. Let's not play, you know, there, there's no time to play games. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus, let's be a follower of Jesus, okay? I don't know how to say it any other way. You can't, you can't sort of walk and, you know, have one foot in the world and one foot, you know, following Jesus. It's, it, it just can't be done. Can't do both. Is it difficult? Yeah, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, you, you, you will need to deny yourself. You will need to take up your cross. There may be things that you need to give up, that you, that you need to let go of. But if you're truly one of his sheep, if you're truly one of his sheep, that's what he says you'll do. Let's read the verse again one more time. Verse 27, my sheep, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Just a little warning. Next week, we're going to look at the passages where it talks about eternal life. It talks about whether you can lose your salvation. But the question we're looking at today is, are we one of his sheep? Can Jesus say that about you or me? You're one of my sheep. How do you know? Do you believe? Do you know that he knows you? He knows everything about you and you know him. You listen to his voice. You hear his voice and you follow him. That's how. We're going to have communion now. We're going to have the ushers... Uh, Pass out the communion in just a minute after we pray. And you know what? If you're not one of his sheep, you probably shouldn't take communion. Why? Because it doesn't mean anything. But if you are one of his sheep, it's because you believe in the cross of Jesus Christ, that he died on that cross for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. So you believe in him. So when we partake of communion, what we're doing is we're we're reminding ourselves, we're going to him and saying, thank you for what you did for me. We're celebrating what he did for us. It says we do that until he comes back for us. I think we need the reminder. That's why we do communion on a regular basis, because we need to remember, we need to be reminded of, listen, it, the dividing line in all of history and all of time is Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I don't know anything else, Paul said, it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's where it all is for you and for me. So, so that's why, why we're doing this. But this is, this is really what, what, what opened up our whole life as a follower of the sheep, as one of his very own. The Lord is my shepherd, and we are his sheep. Let's pray together, and then we'll, we'll pass out the bread and the cup. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your son, your one and only son, your only begotten son, Jesus, that he came to the earth. Why? Because you loved us. That's why. For God so loved the world. You loved us and you want us to be a part of your family. You want us to be a part of your fold, a part of your flock. And, and you proved it by giving your very life for us. Lord, there are a lot of things we do not understand. At least I don't. And but, but I understand that you love me enough to send your son Jesus and that, that I, I know that that day in 1976, I responded to a call to put my faith and my heart and my trust in Jesus Christ and you changed me. You saved me. You you radically turned my life around from the way it was going to a brand new life and a brand new direction. Oh, I'm, I'm not perfect now, I know, Lord, but, but, but even talking with my friend yesterday, what, what you have done is amazing in our lives, and, and he's a believer too. What you have done over all these years. Lord, I, I feel like a sheep. I, feel like a, just a sheep who needs to follow the shepherd. I can't, I can't do it on my own. I can't make it without your voice leading me and guiding me. I can't. You know me so well. You, you, you lead me and guide me in ways that, that are right for me. You ask me to follow you, and you give me the strength to do that. Lord, we come before you today, and we cry out. Lord, thank you. Or maybe you're crying out for the first time today, Lord, save me. I, I, I want to live forever. I want eternal life. I, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you were buried in that grave and that you rose from the dead. I believe that. Ask you in, in my heart and my life. Today, here, December 8th, I think it is, 2019.